Amen. Good to see everybody. Some of our students are back from the holiday. Everyone ready for class? You might as well get used to it. You'll be in school all your life. You didn't know that? Even when you're working, you're in school. So good to see everybody again. If you've been coming, good to see if you're a guest. Welcome. My name is Pastor Rich. And you come at a great time. We're in week two of our Amazing Grace series. How many enjoyed our Amazing Grace series so far with the fast and all those things going on? Last week, we talked about abundant grace. Today, we're going to talk about something that really, I think, will help all of us. It's called justifying grace. That word justification, something we're going to be using some words during our series that you might not understand. And we, we, we dedicate ourselves again and explain every word that we give you. They're theological uh, words, theological definitions, but I tell you what, they're freeing when you know about exactly what Jesus has done in our lives. And I tell you, once you go through, you know about God's amazing grace, you'll never see life the same. Amen? So, word justification. I'm going to give you a definition of justification on what we're going to unpack today. It's God's righteous act of removing the guilt and the penalty of sin, while at the same time declaring the ungodly to be righteous through faith in Christ's atoning sacrifice. Everyone say this, it's finished. What we're talking about is the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Not only did he remove our guilt and penalty of sin, he declared us righteous. What amazing thing. And what it is, it's a, ju- it's just a, I mean, sorry. It's a justice term. About if, you go to, if you're going to court and so you owe someone something that you can't pay back and death is required or the debt you got to pay back, Jesus paid that debt for us. I mean, that debt for us. So really excited about that today. We're going to go in the book of Titus, chapter 3. Verse, um, and we're going to go through verses 3 through 7. I'm sorry, today when I got up this morning, um, the second service, I was, my son, he sings worship in our, in our church in uh, Arizona, and he put out a song, Pray For Me. So I was listening, I was playing that, and I was texting back and forth with him about Pray For Me. I said, well, pray for me. I love your song, but pray for me. So we were really excited before I walked up here, and now I found out I had a dead battery, so we had to get that fixed. So I'm coming back around. Amen. All right, now this service here, I want you to talk back because we're going to talk about some things that should get you excited, should get your wood ignited. How many think church is fun? All right, now tell your face that. <laughs> Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. Carthic had a good time this morning. How many, how many enjoyed L.J. preaching? Amen. I, I heard something, I was praising the Lord, and all I said, he said, Yeah! I said, come on, Carthic. And then she threw you under the bus after that. I'm sorry, bro. So <laughs> the highs and lows, the highs and lows, right? I know. I pray for you, bro, all the time. Anyway, <laughs> I got to finish this. All right, okay. Titus chapter 3, uh, 3 through 7. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating on one another. But when the goodness and the loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing and the regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Let's pray. Father, I ask in this moment for your spirit to move. Father, free up those things in our lives that we feel that we're we're being burdened with. I pray for your grace to enter in each one's heart. I pray for your voice 
to enter our ears. And we pray for your spirit to quicken our spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So talking about the amazing grace, I've been really amazed this body, y'all. Just knowing what God has been, what he did for us. And I wanted to just start this off with a story. Um, It was, notice when I was growing up, there seemed to be something wrong with my eyesight. Didn't know what that was, always from a child. As a child, I had to learn to put my head up straight and all that, a lot of other things that were taking place. But my eyes, I was having problems with. When it came to reading, my, my pay, on my page, um, one line will go over here, the other line will go this way. And I started seeing double, and I will tell my mother that, and she said, you got to read anyway. So I read through, and I, I struggled through it. And uh, didn't know we went to the doctor. He said, well, it might be an eye muscle problem. We'll work on that. And I said, okay. And I worked hard on it. And I noticed when I was playing sports, and um, I was good at football, but I can turn and catch. But uh, softball had a tough time playing in left field. Uh, the, ball, the ball would come directly underneath me, my coach would say, you need to catch it in front of you. Well, the problem is that when I caught, try to catch it in front of me, I caught it all right, but I caught it right in the face quite often, and to the point they put me at shortstop. They thought that would be better. <laughs> and I said, what is wrong with my eyes? It seems like I just can't see. It'll get close, and then all of a sudden, the closer it gets, I see two of them. And it gets real close, you get three. So I figure I'll catch the one in the middle, but it caught me a lot on my left eye. And I, went, and I struggled through it, and I went all the way to um, college and went all the way to the military and still dealt with it, had some things I had to deal with, little things, my new things I had to uh, deal with, and try to concentrate and try to keep my eyes uh, focused on what's going on to the point I got to about 40. I couldn't do it anymore. And I said, uh, you know, I'm about to retire from the military. And they took me in and asked me, um, I told them I have a problem with my eyes. So they took me all downtown. They took me here. They sent me to a specialist in San Antonio. And they're walking back and forth, and I was there three days. They dilated my eyes. They did all these tests to make sure I didn't have a brain tumor, all those type of things. And we're, at the, we're in the last day, and we're about to go home, me and Ms. Donna, and, they, and she, she still can't find out what's wrong. Well, she walks away, and then she comes back. And then she comes and she looks at me, the doctor. And she goes... And she takes my head, and she put it straight. And she says, you have prism. I said, what, what is, what's prism? Well, your right eye, because you've been having problems with the sun, is looking up and to the right. Your left eye is looking down to the left. And then you, at a young age, you're able to focus, and you work hard on it. Especially when you do a driver's test, you work hard on it. Each eye to make sure it works. And you're colorblind. Oh, my gosh, right? Uh, what a hero. Anyway, uh, and I, she said, you have prism. It's hard to detect, but you probably had a hard time. I said, I had a hard time. I thought this, I'm going to be like this the rest of my life. I said, I had a distorted view of everything. And then when she gave me these Coke-looking glasses, ugliest things you've ever seen in your life, I put them things on, and I said, whoa. She says, are you worried about how they look? I said, no. I can see. And there's only one of you. <laughs> and what happened is I got a clear, better view on what's going on in life. I mean, I couldn't catch, couldn't do anything. I, would, I like to call. I wanted to, at that time, call my softball team. I told you I can catch. You know, all those things. 
My past, it just wrecked my past. But it's like I got born again with these glasses. Now I got my Bible. I said, whoa, everything's right together. I can read. I don't have to magnify it. And, and I was just transformed by this. Well, when you're doing, talking about amazing grace, when you unpack God's grace, some of them might have a distorted view of God and what he's done for us and what he hasn't done for us or what we're trying to do for him until he gives you grace and he gives you some new glasses to the Holy Spirit so you can start seeing clearly. And once you see clearly who God is and what he's done for you, you can't wait to celebrate and do all the things for him. And I really, I really believe this, this, this part here, justifying grace, is one of the things that we struggle with because we opened it up in the very beginning, removing the guilt and the penalty. How many know you struggle with guilt and shame when you shouldn't have to, especially if you're a believer? Now, if you're an unbeliever, going, there's some parts in there you need to fix. You're going to see that you probably need to change your life. You need to get those. You're trying to deal. What happened was when I didn't have my glasses on, I tried to self-help. So what I did, I compensated. I put my head this way so I can see straight. And now with the glasses and with my wife, she said, honey, you don't have to keep your head like this anymore. Only when I get tired. You can wear, you can put your head straight up. You can walk with your head straight because everything's been cleared. Think about it as a believer. You can walk as a son and daughter of the king of kings and lord of lords. In fact, not more a king, your father. And when you understand his grace, especially this portion of it, you understand what you're called to do and who you're called to be. So when we unpack this, you'll see that we were saved, but there's so much more that God wants to show us, especially today and through the next part of this series. And I think the younger you are, you need to get this as you are, so you don't become a slave to trying to please God. You become a son that walk, or a daughter walking with God. Amen? So you see Titus here. Really, Titus was in a, in a place of Greece, and it was an amazing thing here, but he started this, the scripture off in chapter 3, verse 1, he said, remind them, remind them who they are, remind them first, they ought to support, and they ought to really, the beginning of it, you need to, you need to support your government by praying for your government and praying for your leaders, not criticizing, but praying for them. And then he gets down to verse 3, and you see the verse 3, you see a lot of things happening in, grace in verse 3, and you can really realize verse 3 is what society looks like without grace. What we all look like, how many was on verse 3? How many God could have kept us at verse 3? But he decided, I love you, I'm going to transform your life. So if you take a note, the first one I wanted to read to you was God already saved you from more than what's in front of you. What are you talking about? But, everyone loved the word but, right? I love the buts in the Bible. It always comes off with something negative in, in term about who we are and who we were, and then said, but God. It doesn't matter where you are right now in your life. Things are going wrong. You got to say, but God. God is a but God. It was going south, but but God, I'm going straight. Right? You got to remember, that's a, I love when it turns back that way. And he says this, when the goodness and the loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done in righteousness, not because he was trying to fix, his, fix your head. Trying to, he was trying to give you something brand new to look at. Done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. 
That means he didn't have to do it. He didn't have to do this, but he's God. Now, what are, you, what are we saved from in our past than what's in front of you? You might think you have a lot of things in front of you, but let's look at verse 3, what was behind us. This is kind of rough. Look behind you. Remember what he has done, right? Foolish, lacking spiritual understanding. See that word foolish? You're lacking spiritual understanding. How about this one? Disobedient, right? That is rebellious against God. How many parents I have here? How many know when your children are disobedient, they're not just disobedient to God, they're disobedient to who? You. And you have to pray to God that you ha- he will straighten them out before you have to. <laughs> Today you do. In those days, I don't think my mother asked much. She took it upon, us, upon herself to straighten me out. Can't do that today. Let us stray. Will that is? Self-deception. Deceived. You think you're right, but you're walking around and you're wrong. We've seen that before. We've seen that with David when he became king, pinnacle of king. He saw Bathsheba. He didn't just, he slept with Bathsheba. So, slept with her, found out her husband trying to, he started maneuvering, trying to get her husband, because she got pregnant, trying to get her husband in there to blame it on him. And then he winds up killing a husband. And then he took, what's crazy? Read that today. Are you kidding me? He killed one of his troops and took his wife. And then he became king like everything was all right. And he's, you know, he's doing his thing. And then Nathan shows up and shows, tells him a story about someone taking someone's sheep. And here's just, you know, when, you, when, you're, self, when you're self-deceived or you walk in deception, don't you become religious? I, that man ought to be killed. And I know Nathan said, bro, um, um, <laughs> that's you. And you want to know how David felt about it? Psalm 50 and 51, you'll see how he felt about it. He was deceived. And everyone around him was helping in his deception. Whenever you want to go backwards, you'll find friends to go with you. Remember that. So, self-deception. Here's another one. Slaves. By all kind of passion, slaves. Slave to your feelings. You know, it feels right. Now, you know it's wrong, but it feels right. God will cave into my... No, he won't, will he? No. It felt right for me to walk across... To cross the street when my mother said not to. It felt good for a whole 30 seconds. And then I, I had a lot of feeling. I learned, I, to this day, I, I remember. That's probably why I got arthritis. Uh, <laughs> it felt good until I got caught. I'm like, oh, that, didn't feel, that doesn't feel too good. And then she checked me. With slaves to that, slaves to bondage. Like the Israelites were given a brand new land, they, they had to keep going back because they, um, they couldn't break loose from their past. Living, two words, malice and envy. Here's a question, and this is a theological question. You can go home and you can read it on it and get the answer. What killed Jesus? What killed Jesus? Now, we're responsible for it, but what killed him? Fancy word, envy. Look at him and John. They're all going to him. They're not coming to us. 
He's going to become king. And we're the authority. We are envious of who he was. That's why they destroyed him. Unchecked envy will bring death. How about this one? Hateful. Hating people and everyone, everyone's hating one another. How's he put it? I'll just put it this way. He actually put down um, hated by others and hating one another. Now, surely we don't see that today. Do we see that today? No, we don't see that today, do we? This next year is going to be kind of vicious. Who are you going to vote for? If I say I'm voting for this guy, you hater. Really? Really? Okay, I won't tell you. I won't tell nobody. Now you're uninvolved. No, I'm smart. (laughs) And everyone's at each other's throat. Can't stand one another. I know what we'll do. We'll create another law. Problem is, when you put it in the Bible, a law can't fix it. A transformed heart fixes it. This is us internally. Before grace. Amen? Now, now you got to remember, the only reason why we're different is because of God's amazing grace. But I want to help you with this. Do not lose patience with those who are lost because they're acting lost. Because when you lose patience with those who are lost but acting lost, you kind of forgot your past and you forgot they have a future. Don't get mad at people because that's how they act. That's how they, they don't know grace. They don't know God. How else are they supposed to act? We get mad at them. How can they? It's written. <laughs> it's written. But we're called to be different. And we're called to have what? Patience. How many got those working around you? No one will admit it because you're hating them and they're hating you, right? <laughs> God has not, and we hear this, God has not worked that out of me yet, bro. You know how he's going to work it out? He's going to send double, triple. I'm sorry, that's a prophetic word, triple, until you get it. Amen? Y'all ain't smiling right now. Oh, oh, don't say amen right. I agree. No, I understand. I understand. I understand. Don't forget that. In fact, those who don't really know Christ and in discipleship, don't get mad at them. They're just at the beginning. Or those who say they know Jesus, but your fruit say they don't, don't get mad at them. It's written. Amen? All right. Now you're back with me because I won't force you to like people. <laughs> I love church. I'm called 11, but not like them. <laughs> right? I don't like to see y'all on Monday. In fact, I've seen some of y'all drive down the street. I got anyway. You must be getting a lot of messages on my. Okay, because I'm getting them here. All right, everything okay? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. All right. But you got to remember this. Grace does this. You're not, <laughs> we're not just forgiven for what we've done, but we've been clean for what's been done to us. Isn't that amazing? First, says, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by washing of the regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. We've been washed clean. We've been actually, um, our sins of the beginning from the past to the present and to the future. Wow, what a deal. Now, present, when you're dealing with your present reality, 
the greatest word that you want to understand is called repentance. That's why he gives us that. But when you see that, you see when we, uh, we were soiled and stained, and he needed to clean us up. What, what, was, what were we dirty from? Death. Our sin caused death. Before Adam fell, there was no such thing as death. We just lived forever. And we we're going to spread the garden out. Adam died, I mean, Adam sinned, boom, death came. And then death was in each and one of our bodies. How we looked at life, how we view life. A lot of us, if you're not a believer, you think this is all this is when you die now. There isn't. There's something else greater. That's the mindset. We think everything is here. But he said, now let me clean. I'm going to put eternity in your heart so you know there's something even greater. But he said, remove that. I have to cleanse you of that. Who are you cleansing? The, the Holy Spirit. Washing away the death because of sin. Now, the word regeneration is amazing. It means that God brings Christians to a new life or birth. Really, basically, we're born again from a previous state. So we were de dead and doomed, and now we have life in Christ. That is amazing. I mean, last time I checked, that is good news. I love uh, Ephesians 2.5. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, that means we were dead. How I many know it's one thing to be dead, but to be doomed? Man. Now, dead is enough, but doomed also? Check it out. Made us alive with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And it goes on in Ephesians. Not only that, I take you and I put you up on the, with the right hand of the Father. You're seated with him in heavenly places. That's a new reality. I know things are going bad now. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. I'm watching a whole lot of things go bad. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. Why? That's the truth. And the truth is your reality. And the truth is written. Not your feelings. The truth. Amen? Like that. Now, there's a Oswald Chambers. How many love Oswald Chambers? One of the great writers. This is what he wrote. This helps us comprehend some things. He said, in new birth, God does three impossible things. Everyone say impossible things. Impossible. Right. Now, here's the first one. The first is to make a man's past as though it never had, it had never been. Now, that's amazing, because today's life, if you're an entertainer and you did something in 1998 and they have it on tape or it's written, they pull it up to destroy your career in 2019 or 2020. Now, when he talks about we makes us new or makes us like it never happened, the record is strict. No one can find it. No one can find it. Now, in politics, they try to dig up the dirt on the next person. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ. When he sealed it, you can't find it. It is gone. You can't be guilty because it's done. Now, the only thing that keeps it open is your mind. Now, you're going to have to erase that in your mind. You're worshiping with the word. But some of you are walking around eight tracks. If you have my age, you remember eight tracks? You could not erase an eight track. In fact, it only lasted two, two planes, and then you had to put some cardboard in there to straighten it out. And then when it was done, you threw it out. You got to erase those things in your mind for something that's already been finished. The devil brings up stuff that's already done. It's sealed. He doesn't, I don't remember it. When I have interviews with people, you start telling me your past. Well, we have something in, in, in common. It's verse 3. We're all there. 
Don't bring it up. Are you bringing it up to make me how I'm going to respond to it? I'm going to forget it. And I really will because you, I walk out of meetings, I'll forget what I said this afternoon unless I put it on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I said something last week. I said women and, and texting. See, I didn't say that. I told you I didn't say it. I didn't look, and I looked up. I said, I did say that. Man, that New York thinking. You start thinking one thing and another thought. So, you, and God said, everyone in the hallway, got to have grace for your pastor. If not, I didn't write this. David did. So, anyway. <laughs> what was that? But it's, written, it's stricken, guys. Some of you right now, are sitting under condemnation and guilt on something that Jesus already took care of. When you start recycling that, you don't move forward. You go back to try to fix it. It's already been fixed. You got to move forward. It'll wear you out, stress and all that. It's been done. It's done. Verse 3, there was a but God in each and one of our, our lives. And when he erases it, it's permanent. You can't dig it up unless you want to think it up. But I'm like this. I've never seen, I think the weirdest thing is for someone to go into a graveyard at night and start digging up a corpse. How many think that's weird? Well, stop trying to dig up your, your past. Don't do that. You got so much today and tomorrow to do. And guess what? The world is counting on it. We need, they need to see our victory. Amen? Now, I didn't get to the second one. Second one, to make a man all over again. Now, I want to say man is mankind. Make us all over again. Been reborn, rebirth from a previous state, a state of sin to a state now as a, as a child. Third, to make a man as certain of God as he is of himself. And I know that God did it. Everything good and everything I might declare bad in my life all came from God. But here's the greatest thing, grace. I can't wait to get up every morning and give him praise for it. When I got these glasses, I'm like, oh, 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 man. I said, let me go read. I'm going to get every book I can read now. Every book. But he didn't stop there. He didn't stop there when you read the scripture. Everything that's in front of you, that's in front of you, it really doesn't matter. He did this. He made us right, saved, washed, and given the spirit to be different, not just feel what? Right. You were not justified by your feelings. You were justified by faith. Feelings are strong. And they're powerful, but they're shallow. And they change quickly. Now, feelings are this. It tells me that something's wrong, and I need to get with God to see what that is. Because I can't fix it. When I try to fix it, and I walk around, all, and that's just me. This is how I am. This is how life is. You know, I, I got the short end of the stick. Blah, and I, you know, how, many, how many enjoy folks like that? How many got uh, relatives like that? And they have a card. Just, okay, it's me. I can't see straight, but I guess that's how it all is. It's unfair to me, me, me. You know what that problem is? It's all about you, never about God. See? Put your glasses on. 
Let the Holy Spirit, what he does. What do he say? He poured out us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Now, here's the greatest thing when you read this. This is so amazing. He did this. The Holy Spirit, God himself, poured his presence, poured his spirit all over me. And I love adjectives. Richly. God is not cheap. The deeper my sin, the greater the grace. Man, that's amazing. That's amazing. It's hard to, like, that's impossible. Yeah. But that's God. And when you know that, it doesn't matter what looks like distorted in front of your life. Because he also did this after he poured it out. He gave me a hope of eternal life. I lost my brother-in-law last year, but guess what? I'm going to see him again. Now, I might not recognize him. He won't recognize me. He said, Rich, where'd you get all that fro from, bro? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. You know, my hair, my hair went to heaven first. <laughs> you know, come on, somebody. That's the reality. When I know the reality, my present is not distorted any longer. When I see society just going crazy, that's what it looked like without grace. I'm not affected by that. I'm called to be salt and light in it. And guess what? Abilene is changing. How many believe that? We used to say, not in Abilene. Well, it's happening. Why? What is God saying? He said, you want to see miracles? Start serving. You won't see miracles while you're sitting in the premises. You got to go out and serve those, those teachers. You got to go serve the administration. In fact, you got to help to make sure those kids are not being taught, taught morals, moral ideas versus the gospel. We start back here and kids with, kids with the gospel will transform a campus. Not moralism. That isn't working. It starts with the gospel. Amen? He said this. <laughs> like I said earlier, we're not... <laughs> what we struggle with as people... I'll close on this. What we struggle as people is we let our feelings and our struggles overcome us. You know who plays that? Enemy will use your, your feelings and your struggles to say you're not justified. But you can't. I love Romans 8, 33. It says, who would have a charge against God's elect? If you're a believer, say I'm an elect. Yeah. Who and what? If God is for us, who, what, and how can be against me? Right? You got to declare that. Because he's saying, well, you know what you did yesterday? Yeah, but I don't remember it. I don't remember it. You did that 12 years? I don't remember. But I do remember this, devil. I do remember this. At the end of the book, something takes place. You're going down, and I'm heading up. Now, that's my future. I know your, now your future is like that. You don't want me to have that type of future. I love that. Now you got me distracted. I, and I love, you love that. How many know misery loves company? 
He already knows his end. He's good at it. But you got to know your end so you're better at it. Pour it out. Amen? Don't let the devil stop your destiny. Listen to me. Each and every one of you have a calling, a purpose. But you will let the devil extinguish your purpose. The Israelites were going into the promised land. And they could not get the land of slavery out of their mind. And they're in the middle of the promised land. And they're in the middle of the new land. Can I tell you about your land? Our land is riddled with challenges. I love what my brothers in Japan say. We don't have problems. We don't call them problems. We call them challenges because they can be overcome. They're riddled with challenges. Now, American Christianity says if it's hard, it can't be God. If it's hard, you better believe it's God because you, you grow on every step of the way. He says this about you. If it doesn't line up with the word, cast his word out. Don't agree with it. And say this, I'm a victor. See, you got, say this, I'm a victor. Say it again, I'm a victor. Are you a victim? Are you a victim? Are you a victim? Are you a victim? Why are you a victor? Because of the finished work of, come on. Yeah. Covered. Some of your minds I'm praying right now is being washed clean by the Holy Spirit. He's got some glasses waiting for you. <laughs> Put them on. The view is amazing. I act like a kid because I, when I got them, and I still act like a kid. I get up every morning. It don't hurt. Praise God. And what we're going to do, transition. I told you a lot. But also notice, everything I told you, you can't be a self-made person to try to do it. You need other people in your life to do that. You need other people to be real with in your life. What we're going to do is launch out D groups. Guys, get involved in a D group. If you're struggling with condemnation, and I mean, you can get in a line with people, and they'll say, I deal with that too. And y'all can pray together. You know when friendship happens? When you both agree on you dealing with the same thing. And thank you for coming up and keeping me on task. I'm out of here. You guys are amazing. You were going like this. I'll tell you what the flags are.